Hi, I'm Sonia Jean Kilbrew, and this is an oral history project, Black American COVID. I started this podcast in February of 2022, Black History Month, because I want to provide a platform for Black Americans to share their stories about living and working and going to school during the COVID-19 pandemic. And I also want to provide a space for people to memorialize someone who may have passed away during the pandemic who is a Black American. Mm-hmm. I was inspired by anthropologist Zora Neale Hurston, who recorded the experiences of Black Americans in their own voices. And my goal is to get all my recordings into museums, such as the Smithsonian Museum of African-American History and Culture. And I'll just tell a little bit about myself. I am both Black American and Jamaican American. My dad was African American and Indigenous American. My mom is Jamaican American and I'm a fourth generation teacher. My mom's a retired New York City teacher uh, my grandmother taught in Jamaica for 20 years and then in New oh. York for 20 years. Wow. And my great-grandmother, who is half Irish, half Black Jamaican, she taught in Jamaica in the late 1800s. And when she got married, she had to stop working because it was considered inappropriate for married women to work in the 1800s. And I always think it's ironic because my mom started teaching after she got married. And so without further ado, I'm really excited to speak with Travis, who I met in a high school internship. Um, We met at the Museum of Jewish Heritage. I was at Smith. I think he was going to go to Amherst College. So please say your name, where you're from, where you live now. Yeah, it's so great to be in conversation with you, Sonia, to be reconnected after so many years. Uh, yeah, uh, 20 plus years, literally. Um, so Travis Bristol, uh, I um, am from Brooklyn, New York. Um, both of my parents are from Guyana, South America. Um, my parents um, uh, came to the United States when they were not together, they they came as like, uh, I think they were like middle school, elementary school age and met in the United States. Um, I identify as as a black American. Uh, uh, I currently live in Oakland um, and I uh, work as an, uh, I'm currently a professor at the University of California, Berkeley. Congratulations, it's amazing. And so would you like to share what it was like working during the pandemic and going to school and what life was like? Yeah, yeah. I shall say, I mean, I have two kids. Um, uh, And so, yeah, I think the pandemic was hard on so many levels. Um, It was hard and, and hard personally and professionally but provided, at least for me, a hard reset. And I'll, I'll talk more, more about that. Um, you know, I think first, I think just for, for my kids, right? I mean, all of a sudden school stopped. And while I, as a, I'm a, in the School of Education, while I study school, think about how to improve teaching and learning and have a deep appreciation for teachers and teaching, right? Having to um, homeschool my, um, then third grader and seventh grader. 
right, was extremely challenging. Um, well, more so my third grader, I think that was the hardest. Um, yeah, I think that lots of my professional work required me to travel quite a bit. And so I, um, yeah, gave talks and worked with many different school districts. And, um, and once the world closed down and stopped, I had to stop. And, you know, did some deep, 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 deep reflection, introspection, self-reflection, and realized that um, that wasn't joyful for me. Um, that I, yeah, uh, prioritize work over family, work over self, self-care, my own mental health. And so when the world stopped and when I had to stop, I, um, stopped and had to think deeply, is this the kind of life I want to live? Um, is this the person I want to be to my partner, to my kids? Um, and so, you know, um, because of the nature, my wife is also on the faculty at UC Berkeley. And so, um, there were, there were many hard things about the pandemic now, and I'll talk about that. And I think that because of our class privilege, right, we weren't frontline workers. We were able in the first time in many, many, first time probably since our kids, you know, probably summer that we ate, sat and ate all of our meals together because of our class privilege, right? Um, we spent, so, you know, because of where we, you know, we don't live in an in a, in a area that's dense. So we got to walk a lot. We got to be, we got to forge ties that have been broken because of the uh, um, lust of the world that we forget the, and it was hard, right? I mean, uh, I shared that, that I'm from New York, right? And at the start of the pandemic, New York was the epicenter. Um, and, um, you know, I had, uh, three people that I knew who transitioned. Um, uh, two relatives and a close family friend. They were all men, all roughly the same in their uh, sort of, uh, late 50s, early 60s. Uh, my wife's aunt was very sick um, in, in the ICU for many years, for, for, for many weeks. I think she'd moved at some point into the Jacob Javits Center, like many of those, um, um, but she clearly pulled through. Um, it was hard not seeing family. Um, it was hard. Um, I had a very close cousin who was around my age who was hospitalized. And so I, I think it was this, it was um, this uh, tension, right? Because in many ways, my class privilege um, uh, created a bubble for my immediate family, right? And for uh, the folks, but that's not true of, of many of the uh, many people in my family who had to, one person who, who transitioned was an MTA worker, you know, drove the bus to New York, right? Uh, and so the, so because of uh, how black the 
how racism continues to underdevelop the skills and the lives of black people. Um, many of you know the, the uh, black people were disproportionately affected. And so I took that in, in some ways, right? I was, again, my family was sheltered, but I you know, took in um, listening out for when people were sick, uh, knowing that, uh, th that this was not because of choices that black people were making, but because of historic racism uh, and how racism can be reproduced that, that this is a unique effect to black people. And so for me, as someone who was from New York, living on this coast from afar, that was also uh, a really hard tension because in some way we were, we were safe health-wise. Psychologically, there are a whole lot of things going on, but we were safe health-wise, and that wasn't the case many of my relatives. Thank you for speaking about class, because I haven't brought it up, but I think most people in my immediate network, are, we're all college graduates. Most of us have masters, doctorates, and you're right, we have the privilege to work from home. I was an adjunct professor, and so I just, I worked from home. So thank you for bringing that up. And thank you for sharing about the New York City MTA worker who transitioned. Is there anything else that you'd like to share about living during the pandemic? Yeah, I think that I, I also, um, you know, I think that as someone who's living and some someone, but I think also professionally, because so much of my work has been to think about inequities in public schools, what um, the pandemic did was sort of underscore how inequities continue to be reproduced, just in terms of um, uh, you know students who had who did not have access to technology or reliable internet. And so I think that in terms of also living, it was also um, also heartbreaking because so much of my professional work examines these kinds of inequities and to see them uh, reproduced was also um, quite, quite hard. But I, I, I think that for me, the, you know, the, um, you know, the, pandemic provided a hard reset. Um, and um, uh, and a, a deep reprioritize, re, uh, it forced me to reprioritize, um, you know, uh, what I deem important, the people I deem important, um, given um, how temporal life, right, became uh, the awakening, right, of how temporal life can be. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, oh, I just had a thought. So I personally did not go to any Black Lives Matter protests because I was afraid for my personal safety as a Black American. But I have a lot of friends who are white allies who attended the protests. And I was wondering, did you attend any Black Lives Matter protests? I did not. Yeah, yeah. I think some, but some of for those reasons. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I, you know, it's interesting. Yeah, I think that 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 other piece that you mentioned about um, 
we have these Black Lives protests. I mean, I think that in, again, this is a class piece, right? Um, that, you know, my wife and I have, I mean, clearly we, our work is centered around race, right? I study race in K-12 schools. My wife studies race in higher education. Um, and, and we have, you know, tried to almost protect our kids falsely, right? From, from the impact of race and racism. Uh, and I remember, you know, with our, our, my son at the time who was in the seventh grade watching, uh, it may have been in uh, Minneapolis, right? A police station getting burned down. And, you know, my son asking us, well, like, why are people burning down the police station, right? The police are meant to protect, right? And so um, I think it, it, for us, I think Brianna Taylor was also had also I think for my daughter, um, and I think it was it was also a time that when I really began to have very frank conversations during the pandemic with our children about being black and their blackness and race and racism in very specific ways that we had not. Uh, and so while we did not attend those uh, Black Lives Matter. Um, protests, those by dint of everyone, right? I mean, the reason why the country erupted was because everyone was sitting at home and we all watched, right? That white police officer kneel on George Floyd's neck um, seven odd minutes. Uh, and so because we were also at home, there was, we had to engage in that conversation like white Americans had to engage with race and racism. And so uh, I think that for us during the pandemic, right, there have been lots of, of, of been thinking and talking very explicitly about race and racism and anti-Blackness with our Black children. Thank you for talking about that. Yeah. Wow. So Travis, thank you so much for your time. Of course. I'm so glad we could reconnect. Yes. Thank you for listening to my interview with my friend, Dr. Bristol, this is Black America and COVID, an oral history project with Sonia Jean Killebrew. Thank you. <laughs>